BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land, today you got Brother Boggs bringing you a little bit of local flavor, talking with race directors. I've got Rob McCoy with me today. Rob, introduce yourself and uh, tell us where you're from. Yeah, how you doing guys? I am Rob McCoy, I'm the owner of uh, Fit Challenge. I am from North Attleboro, Massachusetts, and uh, we hold our events in Cumberland, Rhode Island, which is just over the border of uh, Massachusetts, and uh, we have been around since 2013. And I'm um, just excited that we're able to get back into putting on some events this fall. That's great to hear. Um, yourself, Rob, how long have you been doing obstacle course racing? Or has it just mostly been the fitness side of things? Or what's your story? So I got into obstacle course racing in 2012. Um, I was actually working at a gym at the time. And one of my clients, she convinced me to do a warrior dash with her. So I did one with her and then uh, really liked it and wanted to do some more. And then things just kind of progressed a little bit. And then the next thing you know, I uh, started my own company and went from there. <laughs> you know, Warrior Dash, that's, uh, that's where I started too, go figure. That, that, yeah, was, a very, yeah. that was a very fun race. Uh, it's too bad that it's gone away. Absolutely. It's a gateway OCR. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a gateway drug. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so you've been racing now for about eight years and you've had your own business doing this for about seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me a little bit uh, about what made you decide to become a race director. What uh, what was that change where you went, hey, I'm I'm running these races. Hey, I've got a gym. Hey, let's go ahead and invest hundreds of hours of my own time to put on a race. What what was the motivation yeah. there? So I've I've always coached um, my entire life. Coached football. I um, and at at the at the time when I started fit, I was the general manager of a health club, and you know really enjoyed it you know, kind of wanted to have something of my own. And, um, you know, 2012, 2013 is when obstacle course racing was really starting to take off, but there wasn't a lot of local stuff at the time. So I just, I figured that with, you know, my connections from the gym and, um, you know, love of the sport and, you know, desire to kind of start something and, and have it grow that, um, you know, Hey, why, why not start a obstacle course racing business? Um, and, uh, and that was really kind of, it. just, I, I don't know if it was a void in the market, but, that there really wasn't, you know, that there are some, obviously some really good local events, but at the time it was, you know, Spartan warrior dash, tough mutter. Um, and I just felt like, you know, there was, there needed to be something else there for people as opposed to just those ones. Yeah, it's true up here where I'm at, you know, we used to have Spartan tough mutter, uh, rugged maniac and, and warrior dash were the only ones that came up here. So four races a year and the local races, we didn't have much until the last, probably two, three years, they started popping up. And then yeah. this, this year with COVID and, and our current climate here in Washington, they, they actually shut down pretty much every single race, unfortunately. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, that's tough. It, it is. We've got one local that's running this weekend uh, for their COVID procedures. They have five-person waves spaced yep. out every 15 minutes, and it's a very small event, 140 people a day max. So it's been, uh, you know, the only event that we've got up here and we've got last, they did it last month and we had two of our hosts and one of our, 
our uh, admins of one of our social media groups all went up there and took a ton of pictures and had fun. And this weekend, two of our hosts are getting out there and seeing seeing what it's like in person. Oh, it's great. So it's the the one race that we get this year up here. Um, speaking of races, you've got a lot more than one going down there. Um, yeah. Down in, down in Cumberland. Is that a, a permanent facility that you're using? It's not. Um, we've, we, we use Diamond Hill Park in Cumberland, which is a state park for the obstacle course race. It's, um, it, it's got some really good terrain, some elevation, um, and it, it can accommodate a lot of people. And then really, you know, four or five miles down the road is uh, this other venue called the Monastery, which has a lot of really good trails. So we use that for our trail races that we put on. And um, we're just really lucky to have a great group of people in the town of Cumberland. The leadership in the town of Cumberland is phenomenal. Um, they're, they're, they're incredible to work with. Um, so we, we've been lucky. We've been there since really 2014, putting on events there. And um, the state of Rhode Island um, has been great with their guidelines and the, and the, the requirements that, that they're putting in for events. And we just sat down with the folks in, in Cumberland. They have a, a COVID committee in Cumberland and just kind of hashed out and ironed out all the details to uh, make it work. And then the town council approved the entertainment license and um, you know, we're, we're ready to rock obviously under um, a number of guidelines and, and um, different protocols and stuff we're going to put into place. But uh, you know, our events really aren't um, it's, it's not, you know, like a Spartan race or a tough mutter. I mean, we, we don't, we get anywhere from, you know, 600 to a thousand people at, at an event and, you know, something like this, our, our um, event will be a little, obviously a little bit smaller, but with the waves and the, and the way that we handle it, um, you know, f- from that regard, it was just kind of limiting the number of people in waves and then um, just adding a lot more sanitation and, and hand sanitizer and stuff like that. But um, our event, hopefully um, will, will be a great event, just like all of them have been. So coming up, you've got, uh, you've got the trail race in October. Um, tell yep. us a little bit about that. How's, uh, how's that one going? What uh, COVID precautions have you had to take and uh, why should yeah. people come out? So that one's a, it's, it's an ultra 24 hour ultra and we have a 4.1 mile course. And basically the, the, the setup is simple. There's a 4.1 mile course. It's open for 24 hours. Go and have fun. Um, and it's a rolling start time. So you don't have to start at a specific time. You don't have to finish at a specific time. We have obviously the start time and then the finish time, but we have, um, individuals up to teams of four and you go and, and run. And when you finish, we give you a buckle based upon where you finish and a, a block of wood that indicates your number of laps. And uh, it's as simple as that. It's a relatively, um, I would call it a moderate to easy course. And that was kind of the design of it. And, you know, I think if you're going to do 100 miles, which is the the, the, the top prize, it, it would be 24 loops and, you know, 24 hours. Um, and, you know, we have right now, we're limiting that to 100 people. Um, spread out on a 4.1 mile course. And then the, um, the, the, the pit kind of staging area is, is massive. So we can spread everybody out, um, spread their areas out and it, it won't feel like there's anybody there, which will be really good. That's definitely been the, the big change this year. Uh, most race events, you have those start corrals or even for the road racing and stuff, you have start areas where everyone's jam-packed in and pushing towards the front. And and what I've seen and what I've heard talking to the other race directors, that, that start corral has been the big challenge. Yep. And, and we, we had an event in March, March 15th, 
the day before like the entire world shut down, we did a, 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 a trail race in, uh, in Cumberland at our same venue. And we did the same format. We did rolling start times. So you just come, you register, you get your, your chip and you go and you start. And I mean, we had a good number of people there and you never would have thought there was more than 20 people there at one time because people came, they ran, they finished, they put their chip in, they grabbed their medal and they went home. Um, so it's, that is definitely the way to do it, to keep it safe. It certainly takes away a little bit from the atmosphere because you're used to corralling everybody and talking and doing all that stuff. But, you know, even if, even if people, you know, want to run against each other, they just run against somebody's time or, you know, you can still get out there and race somebody um, if you feel comfortable doing that. But then for the folks that, you know, want to still compete and want their distance uh, and feel safe, it's incredible. The 24-hour ultra, I've been seeing a lot more of those races the last few years. Uh, what drove you to, to put that specific style event on? Um, a poor choice of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm that bad friend. I'm the one that pushes my friends. I got, uh, I got a 50 miler just to do it. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, better life choices with people I associate with. No. So I, I say all the time I get bullied into it. Um, it was more, Hey, you know, we, we do, we've done a 12 hour uh, OCR. Um, and it was kind of like, I've always kind of wanted to, to, to do something like that. And um, I figured this was the best way to, I'd love to do a 24 hour OCR and I hopefully maybe at some point we'll get there, but we're going to start with the 24 hour trail one and, and see how that goes. Limit the number of people, um, figure it out, you know, learn from our mistakes and then move on from there. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it's certainly not pressure. It's just people that are asking for something else. And, you know, and then even with that, you don't have to run for 24 hours. You can run for you know, three hours, if you want to, you can run for two hours, you can run with the team, you know, you can kind of split it up any way you want to. Um, so we kind of keep that format where it's pretty open and, and just come and, and do what you want. Let us know when you're done and we'll give you your stuff. That sounds like a real fun event. Uh, here shortly, you've got uh, your next obstacle run coming next month, right? Or not next month, I guess the month following November. No, yeah, November. Yeah. So that, that is, the makeup date from our April event that we had planned and that got shut down, you know, two weeks beforehand. So we're going to, what we've offered everybody the ability to obviously transfer into that event, or they can pick um, transfer the funds from their ticket to one of our trail races in the fall, or they can um, push their event off until next year. So we've given people the ability to do it. Um, I'd say right now we're about 75% of the folks that had registered for April uh, have chosen to, to run in November. So it looks like we're going to have a good number of people. And then um, we'll probably have some spots open up that we can sell some more tickets to that. But for now, we're really just focused on making sure that we do right by the people that were registered for April. And then, uh, you know, we're not, it's certainly not a money grab. It's certainly not anything along those lines. Um, I don't want to sell any tickets until I feel, you know, we're closer to event time and that, you know, the protocols aren't going to change or anything. Um, Cause that's, you know, I just don't want to have to deal with that again with new folks and we, and the people from April have been through enough with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're obviously excited that we've gotten the approval for it and just keeping our fingers crossed that, um, things are going to continue to, to go the way they're going and that we'll be able to put on a, a great event for the folks that are going to want to be there. So when, when COVID hit and you had to reschedule that event, uh, I know it wasn't an easy process, but, uh, how did you have to handle that one as a as a race director and and dealing with that change on the fly? Yeah, it was tough. 
Um, and it was, it was tough for a, a few reasons because, you know, what I think most of the people understand is that preparing for an event like this, it, it, it doesn't get planned, you know, the, 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 the days and weeks beforehand, it gets planned in the months beforehand. And, you know, we, and, and the majority of, of our stuff and really the stuff in the entire industry comes from China. And with the outbreak of, of the coronavirus in China, you know, towards the end of, of 2019, um, we got on the ordering of stuff early to anticipate that being delayed and in, in shipping and in processing and whatnot because China shut down for a while. And I mean, shut everything down. You couldn't get anything out of there. So our planning kind of got fast forwarded a little bit just to make sure that we were ready for it. But um, we had everything in, we were, we were ready to go. And then um, we obviously got the news that, that really we did that the, the trail event and then we had two weeks until the obstacle course race. And then I think two days later is when the town announced that they weren't going to allow the event to happen. So the other issue that came with that is um, Eventbrite, which is the the, the ticket um, platform that we use, decided that they were no longer going to distribute the funds from your event until 10 days after your event had been completed. I understand wh where they're coming from, but the, the problem with that is, is that, you know, again, not being a big company, not having a huge amount of revenue. Um, we rely upon that early revenue coming in to, to pay for the, the things that we do to get the event going. So, you know, my metal company, my, you know, shirt company, the bib company doesn't care, you know, they, they produce the things and they want to get paid for it. Um, and it's difficult to pay somebody when you don't have any revenue coming in. Um, so that was difficult, you know, for us, we were okay, but I can't even imagine how a, a, a newer race would be able to do that using Eventbrite for their platform. And trying to put on a race coming up because you just don't have any money to do it so that that kind of threw another curveball into it um but you know hopefully we're able to again do the event but you know for, for me it was i mean it's it's crushing because the you know <laughs> uh, we plan events for six months and you know everything everything happens really in that setting everything up in that two weeks you know i, I don't want to tell people i can't put, put on an event for them you know, I don't want to make it look like, you know, we're, we're trying to do anything shady. We're not, you know, believe me, there isn't anybody that wants to do this event more than me, but also maintaining and, and being sure that we're safe and we're following protocols and guidelines and, and, you know, that kind of, all those very important things as well. So um, it was tough. It really was tough. And to, to kind of have that sandwiched and I'm a high school teacher as well. That's what I do full-time. So, you know, I'm out of school. It's like, take your stuff and go home try to figure out how to teach remotely. I have two children. Okay. Try to figure out how to <laughs> work that whole platform. Oh, and now your event is canceled and you don't have any money. <laughs> it was tough. So. Yeah, it was real strange how, how Eventbrite, I don't know if active and the other ones did the same thing, but everybody at the last minute was just like, Hey, we've been collecting funds for your events and we're not going to give them to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I can understand I, I understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with it. And, and it's crippling. It, it really is to, I mean, if I, if somebody registers for my event and I take their money, don't give them event. That's, that, that's my, that, that's on me. That's not on event, right? Um, so, you know, it's, I mean, they, they literally have crippled that industry in terms of, of using, you know, their platform. Unfortunately for us, you know, we were signed into a, agreement with them so we couldn't go elsewhere but i will absolutely i mean i will never i it's it's it was tough certainly tough but 
um, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, you know, November 21st, we will have the event. It'll be great for the folks that, you know, are able to come, they're able to come and have a, uh, an awesome, you know, end of, <laughs> end of the season, so to speak, whatever that means. Well, I mean, in doing it in November, um, you guys have a good chance of snow and some other stuff there in Rhode Island, don't you? Um, we've had, we've done, we used to do events in November all the time. Um, we didn't last year. We've had snow one time, but I would say, and we do a Thanksgiving trail race. We do a Christmas trail race. I want to say we've had snow one time for the Christmas one. So the, the, the likelihood isn't great. It'll, it'll probably be cold, but I don't think I would bet we're not going to have snow at that early in November. Um, but who knows? I just look at it as another obstacle on the course, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> with coronavirus, we'll probably have like a tornado. I mean, with 2020, the way things are going, we'll probably have like, uh, it'll probably be the hottest day of the year or something like that. Who knows? You know? Yeah. Um, Sunday, it was 99 in Colorado and today it's snowing. So, yep. I mean, um, here locally, it was, it's been real nice, real sunny. And then magically overnight, we had a hundred fires crop up all around the area. So. Yeah, it's, it's, who knows? I mean, really, and that's, that's, that's 2020 for you. Yep. Yeah. Somebody posted something I put up that, I don't know if you've seen the meme of the dragon where it says you wake up to this and what do you do? And someone puts down there, thank 2020 first consistency. (laughs) (laughs) If, If nothing else, it's been consistently crazy for sure. Exactly. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. So as a race director, um, aside from from the COVID and and the issues you've had with Eventbrite this year, what are some of the challenges that you've had in the last seven years putting on these events that, that you've had to kind of be creative to overcome? Um, I mean, I, I guess just trying to, maintain i don't i don't know if innovation is the right word but just trying to keep giving people something to keep coming out to do you know finding a different way to challenge people finding a different way to improve um you know it's always you know that that's what i always try to do and we always try to do is just be a little better than we were the last time but um certainly it's tough and i think you know the industry itself has certainly you know kind of had its roller coaster um, with the way things have gone and then, you know, some of the bigger events going under and, you know, some of the other things that have happened. And, you know, I don't think people realize that when, you know, something negative happens in the industry, it impacts all of us because now people think that that's going to happen with all these other races. So when a race, you know, really does a poor job um, planning a race, especially during coronavirus times and, and, you know, again, does a very poor job doing that, um, and then has to cancel it the next day and it looks like a money grab and it's just very poorly done. People think that that's going to happen with another race. So where they, they, you know, just cause it's, it's, it is still a very small, um, young industry. So I, I think those things kind of hurt, um, you know, smaller events, but you know, on the flip side, without the bigger events, you know, and people doing them, you know, and it kind of trickling down to us, it would be difficult for us to exist as well. So it's kind of finding that balance between, um, you know, building on the, 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 the positives and kind of overcoming the negatives. Yeah. Racer retention was kind of one of the things I've, I've been talking to a lot of race directors. I kind of prefaced that before the show that, yeah. um, 
you know, a lot of, you know, we spent three months of the podcast talking about how to survive the pandemic and how to keep fit, you know, and, and working out and, you know, go grab a log, go grab a rock, whatever it takes. So there's something you can work out with. And now we're focused, now we're focused on, on reminding people, Hey, just because the big guys aren't racing, we still have everybody else. And, uh, and the local races like yours, you know, unfortunately you've seen that, uh, who was it? That was a hundred percent gung ho. We got our, got our, uh, permits were good to go and then like three days later the event was canceled and that was bone frog bone frog that's who it was yeah. but it's it's just horrible because that makes it you know people are like oh let's go sign up and then that happens and they're like oh well now i don't know if i want to sign up for fit challenge because maybe that's going to happen to me there correct i mean again and that was that was bad and i live in massachusetts and i'm yeah. very aware of, of what the state guidelines said and i'm very aware of what the governor had said and all somebody had to do was just listen to what the governor said or read what the guidelines were, and they would have known that they weren't able to hold that event. But instead, oh, well, we, you know, we have these special, you know, you don't have anything special. You're not special. You know, when I did mine, before I said anything, I went and I took, we pulled the state guidelines from Rhode Island's website. And then the COVID committee and myself, we sat down and went through every single guideline and said, okay, this is what the state's saying. What are you guys saying? We're going to follow what the state says. Okay, can we make it work? Yes. Here's my idea. Well, here's my idea. Here's what Savage Race did in Chicago. Here's what a 5K did, you know, somewhere else and try to merge all that stuff together to to make it work. You know, again, when you announce an event that is 100% against what has been put in place, it's just irresponsible. And it's, it's, it's very, it's bad business and it was poorly done. Um, and, you know, again, and that's every state's obviously different. Everybody has travel restrictions and, and whatnot. And, um, again, th- there's ways to do it. And I know there's a savage race this weekend in Maryland, and there isn't anybody that does it better than, than those folks. And they'll, they, they will nail it once again and follow all the precautions and guidelines and, and put on a great event, I'm, I'm sure of it. And, you know, that's, you know, certainly something that, that I'm going to look at and hopefully be able to, to, to use some of the things that, that they were able to do to make our event um, the same. Yeah, that's uh, something that's been very important, I think, for the smaller races right now is you guys communicating. A couple of the guys I've talked to, they went out to the, the Savage Race in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them went down to the Jacksonville Spartan, and they're just all taking notes on on how to put on events that will meet the criteria. And, Absolutely. And for the most part, every race director I've talked to, you guys all you know, it's almost like a tight-knit group of friends. You guys all share pretty openly a lot of the info. So it's been real nice to, to see that with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, I mean, as long as our events are not on the same weekend, you know, we're not competing with each other. You know, we're, we're actually, we, we, there's nothing we shouldn't do to help each other because th- that's the way that it works. And if I can get some, you know, Fit Challenge people to go do a Noob Sanity event in New York and Noob Sanity can get some Noob Sanity people to come do a Fit event. It's just it's just going to make us both better. That's the truth right there. Um, it, it's good to see you guys doing that. And, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, the couple of events that I work with locally here, you know, we look at the calendars to try to make sure that we're not overlapping with other people and that we're able to to host an event so that we're not taking from each other's customers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, with their, I mean, in a full calendar year with a full, you know, OCR calendar, it's difficult to find a weekend that doesn't conflict with something, but you try to do your best, obviously. Exactly. Um, 
so you talked about we've got uh, the trail race in October, the full OCR in November, and you said you also have trail races for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Yep. So we do a, a, a three race fall series. We actually do a Halloween one, a Thanksgiving one, and a Christmas one. And you get a three piece magnetized metal that fits together that spells fit. And it's got the different decorations on it for each of the holidays. And we do, we're actually doing the Halloween one the day after the 24 hour event, October 25th. And then we do the turkey trot on Thanksgiving. And then we do the Christmas one, December 6th. So, and there you have two choices. You have a five mile course or a 5k course. And, uh, yeah, it's the same. It's the same venue that we use for the 24-hour event. It's a different course than the 24-hour event, but it's the same venue, and it's they're great. They're a lot of fun. That actually sounds real cool. I wish uh, some more people would do that on the West Coast. Something like that uh, yeah. with the the three three piece. I've got a couple of uh, road racing groups. Orca Running does a, a multi-piece event like that in Peninsula yeah. Running, but but nobody's doing it yet for the OCR out here. So maybe we need to to get someone starting to to do that for some trail runs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so from your perspective, uh, what is kind of a word of advice or or something that you would say to other race directors that are that are out there in the world right now trying to keep things running? Um, just do the best you can. Just be honest with people. Um, you know, try to, again, f- follow the protocols um, and, and just watch what other people have done, watch what other events have done, ask questions, try to learn from it, um, and just, you know, be, do a good event and be an example for what a great event, you know, can be. Um, but, you know, reach out to people that have done it and, you know, try to learn from, you know, what they've done right, what they didn't do right. And, um, you know, just try to, to, to take care of people because we're, I mean, again, all th- these are, you know, OCR people are, are people looking for something fun to do on weekends. So let's make sure that we're giving them something fun to do on weekends, but, you know, that it's, it's safe and, and, uh, um, and that they enjoy it and that they want to come back and that they want to, you know, they want to do other ones. But, um again, not, and the other thing is don't rush it. Um, that's why I'm kind of like November 21st is kind of like the last weekend of the calendar year that we could do something. I'm not going to do an OCR in December. And then the, the, the weekend after that's Thanksgiving. So I'm kind of holding out until that last final weekend, just to make sure that, that, that things still look okay to do it. And if not, you know, we'll just postpone it and push everybody out till to, to next year's event. But, um, you know, again, there's no point in rushing anything. Um, and we, we've seen examples of, of races trying to do that. And, and that, that doesn't look good either. And that's not good for you or for the industry or for anybody. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a moneymaker this year, you know, so that's another thing we need to realize. It's just not, it's hopefully we're able to do the events because we love them and, and do them for people. But, you know, the big events, the, the, the two, three, 4,000 person events aren't happening. So it's not even, it's just not feasible and it's, it wouldn't be safe anyway to do something like that. So I think it's kind of understanding that as well. And I think people do the ones that are, the ones that are still able to hold events are smaller events anyway. And I don't think that, you know, they're expecting those huge numbers. Yeah. One of the the race directors that I spoke to actually before this even started happening, um, she said her entire event, all she cares about doing is breaking even. She just hosts, yeah, you know, lots of them, and as long as she breaks even, she'll continue hosting them. Yeah, I mean that's that. That was when we we were planning the twenty four hour one, and you know I said, listen, you know, with a normal year, I wouldn't I wouldn't even care if if we took a loss on it. Um, 
because we'd want to try it and, and take the risk. But this year, it just it was with everything going on with all the stuff that happened in the past, I kind of had to make sure that we were going to be close to breaking even. And we kind of held our registration a little bit. And now not only does it, not only are we going to be fine, but it looks like we're going to, we're going to sell it out. So, um, which will be great, but you know, you're, but you're right. It's breaking even, especially now with all the extra things that you have to, to, to have in order to, to have it. But, um, you know, again, it's it's just kind of riding that wave and, and and seeing what happens this year, and hopefully getting into next year and we're getting back to normal. Yep, you got to get that fifty-five gallon drum of sanitizer out, <laughs> and then some. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, how do we find you, Rob? How do we find uh, Fit Challenge, and how do we find you on the uh, social webs? So, our Instagram is uh, F period I period T period Challenge. That's our Instagram. Um, Facebook is just Fit Challenge. And uh, our website is fitchallenge.org. And then, uh, yeah, and I'm Rob McCoy on Facebook. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't hide from anybody. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I'd just like to thank you. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the listeners in closing today? No, just, uh, you know, thank you for, for having me on. This was great to chat with you. You know, thank you uh, folks out there listening for taking a few minutes to listen to some things. And we'd love to see you at an event this fall or next year. And, uh you know, stay healthy and stay safe. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.